like it does take time to work through that stuff and to become an us. And I think so many families give up before they get to that sweet spot. Thank you for joining us for the Blended Kingdom Families podcast. This podcast is for blended families, the people who love them, and anyone who just wants to improve their marriage and family relationships. BKF exists to break the cycle of divorce, equip marriages, and unite blended families with the truth of God's Word. It is our hope that today you will receive biblical guidance and practical resources that will bring unity and peace to create your thriving, healthy home. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to BKF Podcast. We are so excited you're here with us today. If you haven't already, please take an opportunity, like, share, comment, subscribe. We would love to alert you when new podcasts come out. If you happen to be listening on Audible, just know that the full video format of this podcast is on our YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe and you'll get alerted every Monday when a new podcast drops. But today we are so excited to welcome our guest, Jessica Roan. Great to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Jessica, we just love your story, and I'm just so excited to just sit and talk with you today and just gather your wisdom and um, just hear more about your, I know you guys have a documentary coming out. You have this amazing book we're going to talk about. I'm just so excited to spend some more time with you. But first, I want to tell our audience a little bit more about you. You guys, Jessica is a mom to eight children, eight Um, So we have a lot that we can learn from her. She is also an author, a speaker, podcast host, documentary producer, and she's the caregiver advocate and founder and executive director of the Lucas Project. And so Jessica, just, we just want to welcome you um, and just say that we just honor you in the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. Well, it's great to have you. And I know that you have, uh, as Vanessa said, a lot going on, but there is a lot to you guys. So before we dive into your book, into the Lucas Project, we want to give you an opportunity. Just tell the audience anything else that you'd love to tell them about you, your family, what you guys like to do, just kind of a a more thorough introduction. Well, I think you guys about covered it, but um, our latest adventure was moving yet again. We have moved numerous times in the past couple of years, um, kind of just in search of this unicorn idea of resources for our child who has profound special needs. Mm. Um, so in April, we moved from Tennessee back to my hometown in Michigan, just mm. pursuing this idea again and kind of deciding that we're not going to rely so heavily on the government for resources and support, but we needed to return to my homeland, you know, so to speak, mm. where we have friends and family who will help out. And even if not so much with Lucas, um, at least can help out with the other seven kids uh, because there's a lot that goes into raising them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now we're in a temporary home, which is really intense with six kids (laughs) Um, while we're building our dream accessible house, um, Mm -hmm. which will be on four acres. And we just kind of want to hunker down and enjoy the simple life, you know, have chickens and gardens and mm. we're about a mile away from Lake Michigan. We love, you know, spending days at the beach as a family. Um, and we're just trying to figure out this new life that we have here in, in my hometown again and trying to get acclimated and get the kids plugged into activities mm. and, you know, just everything that goes into family life. Absolutely. Well, and, and, in your book, Blended with Grit and Grace, um, I, I want to give you an opportunity, one, to uh, tell us a little bit more detail about your blended family, kind of the dynamics around that, 
And then uh, kind of as a secondary question, tell us a little bit about your heart for writing this book and, and a little bit about kind of what's inside, uh, a couple of little nuggets from that. Well, my family, my, my new family started in 2010. Um, I went through a cancer journey with my late husband, Jason, for three years from 2007 to 2010. When he passed away in August, I was a young 33-year-old widow with four kids, six and under, um, including Lucas, who had profound special needs. Um, my current husband, Ryan, um, lost his wife four days after Jason died to a brain tumor as well. He had three young children. We both blogged through our journeys. I lived in Michigan at the time and kept a care pages blog um, just to update the masses. And Ryan lived in Oklahoma and continued just to update the masses via his blog. And a stranger from Pennsylvania who happened to follow both of us reached out to me a few months after Jason passed away and just said, hey, there's this young widower in Oklahoma, he lost his wife four days after Jason died. I just think you could be a source of encouragement to him mm. um, because Ryan's wife was diagnosed in April and passed away in August. So his journey was very fast, whereas I had kind of had three years to work through the grieving process and was more at a stage of acceptance by the time Jason passed away. Um, so long story short, I just found his blog, left a little comment, say, Hey, I'm praying for you. If you ever want somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out. And I woke up the next day to an email, um, this man pouring out his heart. And we started emailing back and forth that led to phone calls, which led to meeting each other. Um, a few months later in Savannah, Georgia, we kept it very hush hush. We didn't involve the kids because we wanted to know if what we had was actually authentic and real before moving forward. Mm -hmm. And it was, we <laughs> contemplated even getting married in Savannah, which we did not do. Um, mm -hmm. But we were married within the year. He moved to Michigan, adopted my kids. I adopted his kids. Mm -hmm. And then about two years after living in Michigan, we looked at each other and said, you know what, let's stake out a life for ourselves. So we moved to the middle of nowhere in rural Tennessee, bought a big old house that needed complete renovation, had another baby together. And, um, lived there for six very, very happy years until that became very difficult with Lucas mm. and his growing needs and growing up. And so then we moved towards Nashville thinking that would kind of solve the problem and then realized the South is just not a great place to be if you need special needs resources mm -hmm. and yeah. headed back to Michigan, which is where we are now. Wow. That's awesome. What was the second part of the question? Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about the book, Blended with Grit and Grace. And, I, and I'm sure you chose those two words, grit and grace, mm. very carefully. Uh, but kind of walk us through kind of your heart for writing the book and a little bit about it. I had to fight for those two words, um, <laughs> but I, I won. <laughs> Honestly, I did not set out to write a book about the blended family experience. I was just writing a follow-up memoir to my first memoir, Sunlight Burning at Midnight, which ends with meeting Ryan. And then the follow-up book was just, in my mind, sort of a collection of stories about our family um, living on this 30-acre homestead and hacking it out and what worked and what didn't work. And um, and then we we threw in blended. We went back and forth on the title for a really long time, trying to come up with something that everybody could agree on. Um, I wasn't pushing so much for the blended perspective. I wanted it more for just like an overall family mm -hmm. story. Um, 
but the more I would talk to my agent and the publisher, they were like, but we need to, you know, pull this together in a blended sort of way. So mm-hmm. that's what we landed on blended with grit and grace, which I think is a fantastic compromise um, because it does, it encompasses just our family, but I didn't want to alienate people who weren't from a blended family, because mm-hmm. I think there's so much in the book that anybody can relate to in any type of family, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, I, I love that, Jess. And I love hearing, just even hearing your story and just the dynamic and, um, you know, out of tragedy, how God can just redeem and restore and just your beautiful family that you guys have. And um, I love that. And then that there's an amazing resource. And it's not like you said, just for the blended family, but, you know, anyone who's struggling with, you know, having a special needs child and being a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom was a caregiver for years and I know how difficult that can be and how there's, there's good days. And then there's, there's some bad days and then there's some really bad days. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just love your story and I love um, just all the encouragement and hope that you just continuously give on social media and just podcasting and all the things that you do. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I think um, our, our audience would just so benefit with hearing from you, Jess, and just your experience um, and just your wisdom is, you know, when it comes to processing grief and loss of spouses and maybe biological parents, you know, what are some steps you and your husband took together um, to take care of your new family that you had? Well, we didn't do everything exactly the way I would do it if I could redo it. I think Mm -hmm. we used each other as therapists, um, which I would highly recommend not doing. Um, but it worked, you know, we got through it. Uh, he would dump on me and I would dump on him and we should have been, you know, dumping on somebody else, um, in all fairness. And some of those memories from the previous relationship even should have just been kept sacred in our own hearts and not brought to the new marriage. Because I think that's when a lot of insecurities start to come up because you don't have this shared history with this new person. Yeah. And so there's comparisons and insecurities and, but a couple of things that I do feel like we tried to do right. Um, we realized going into our marriage that we had seven kids and we didn't really have an opportunity to date. And we set aside a, a period once a week where we would go out um, without the kids for a couple of hours. And we really prioritized getting away once a year, even for a week long vacation, just the two of us, because we knew if we didn't start to solidify that relationship, like we would not make it with our kids and we needed time away from the kids um, in order to do that. But it's always been a balancing act. I, I mean, we have seven kids or we had seven kids. Now we have eight kids and trying to navigate, you know, trying to give everybody the right amount of attention and, um, I know with our kids for a while, we combined traditions. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. Ryan had certain traditions from his previous family. I had certain traditions and we would combine those traditions. And even our first Christmas, we had two Christmas trees, one with all of his Mm -hmm. family's decorations and one with all of my family's decorations. Now, you know, 11 years later, like we have our family. So we're not Mm -hmm. doing that anymore. But I think those first couple of years, you're taking baby steps Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to mesh those two families until it becomes our family. And then you can move forward a little bit more confidently into who you are as a family. Yeah. I, uh, 
I'm just listening to the dynamics of your life and the story that you just told and, and the story that that you guys have, have gone through and then kind of as that parallel, you know, raising uh, a special needs child and the, the amount of energy and um, dedication that it takes to do that. And I'm I don't want to be presumptive, but I can only imagine the level of, 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 of favor that God has put over you in terms of giving you the tools that you need um, and, and giving you the grace to kind of move through that. Um, we're going to kind of transition and talk about the Lucas Project, and I, I know your heart behind that is so big, but can you tell our, our listeners just kind of what that is and kind of its, its purpose and mission? Yeah. Um... In 2017, when we were living in rural Tennessee, Ryan continuously had these panic attacks that would land him in ER. He thought he was having a heart attack, but it turned out to be a panic attack. Um, and we just started to feel like the walls of our house were caving in. And we had these eight kids and this teenager with severe autism and profound special needs. And that's kind of the picture I need to paint as well. Like Lucas will require total care for the rest of his life. So there's no end in sight there. Mm -hmm. um, and Ryan's trying to work and I'm trying to work and he's having panic attacks. And I have PTSD feeling like now is this husband going to die, Lord? And you're going to leave me stranded out here in the middle of nowhere with nobody to help. And um, just it, I knew that I always wanted to start some sort of nonprofit in Lucas's honor, but Honestly, I felt it would be for the kids um, to give them resources and support. And as we went through this journey, I realized that the child is only as healthy as the caregiver mm. and we needed somebody to focus on these caregivers. And if we were struggling, there had to be other caregivers out there who were also mm -hmm. desperate for a break. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, we launched our first chapter in rural Tennessee and it was a huge success. And then we moved to Nashville. And it was like, well, we can't just like launch chapters wherever we go. So we had to kind of reframe our mission statement, which is to provide recognition and respite to special needs caregivers. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like has been a documentary project that I'm super proud of that will be coming out um, around Thanksgiving. And then um, my own podcast, Coffee with Caregivers. And the respite portion, we send care packages to mamas around the nation just to say, we see you. I just woke up this morning and in my email were three more caregivers that were nominated to receive a package. Mm. Um, and then we drop off spa baskets to mamas in ICU with their babies, um, because oftentimes these moms are sitting there for weeks on end with their medically fragile children. And uh, we provide respite grants. Um, we just provided a $1,000 respite grant to Victoria, Texas, mm -hmm. and they launched their first chapter October 18th. Um, so that's kind of how we've had to reframe it rather than us like popping up chapters wherever we go. We want to enable other communities to start chapters where they are. It just spreads such a message of hope um, for mm -hmm. those who who are walking through this and experiencing that. And um, just even watching, um, I, there was a video that you had on there the other day, Jess, and man, it just, it, I mean, it just really got to me. And I think what you're doing and with the Lucas Project and what you're doing for these parents and mamas um, and for the children, I mean, th their needs, their, th the need is just so great. There needs to be more. And so we just, I just think that is so awesome that you guys continue to do that. Well, I, and I love it because, you know, I, I think 
you know, you'd said something, Jess, that, that I think a lot of people maybe don't recognize enough, that it is an ongoing, never-ending project. Mm -hmm. uh, and and mm -hmm. caregiving is, it is never-ending. And I think a lot of times, and, and this is not to say anything bad about people, but a lot of times if it's an acute situation, there's an outpouring. Mm. But the long-term support, mm -hmm. the long-term, you know, the gravity of the long-term caregiver, it just gets lost. Yeah. And um, I love that there are organizations like, like yours that are consistently loving on these people because they are consistently loving on mm. their child and that just needs mm -hmm. to be an ever-present thing. So uh, congratulations and, and I, I'm, I'm so excited for what that project and that nonprofit is going to do. Me too. <laughs> and I think that's where my grief comes from, even yeah. like not having an end date. You know, yeah. your kids become 18, 19 and you launch them off to college or hopefully, mm. you know, God willing, they yeah. like, yeah start to be, become, you know, their own person and get their own life. And yeah. even if somebody could say to me, you know, when Lucas is 25 years old, there's going to be this amazing residential option and like, okay, there's an end date. But when you start to look down the line as a caregiver and you're like, am I going to be doing this for 20, 30, 40 more years? You know, how? Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's when it's like, oh my goodness, there's no expiration date on this life. Um, and you do it. I mean, you do it. You're, you love this child, you do anything for this child, but I think more people need to be aware of all of these caregivers behind closed doors, living these isolated, exhausting lives mm. and yeah. start to, you know, see these people. No, that is so good. So, and just that brings me to my next question is, you know, it's kind of a two part question. So one is one I would ask with anyone who has, um, experienced loss, you know, within their family, they're now a new blended family. And then anyone who is also a caregiver, um, just as yourself. Um, so what encouragement or advice would you want to give maybe a newly blended family or couple mm -hmm. that has, um, they've dealt with loss and they're coming together and then any parents who are dealing with, um, you know, exhaustion or having difficulty, um, just feeling the burden of being a caregiver, what just hope and encouragement would you give for, for those two? Well, the first situation, I think I would suggest finding a good therapist and also allowing, allowing your family time because I remember those first couple of years, and I think most blended families can relate to this, like, it's really hard. And I remember even, you know, screaming and lashing out and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And like, really kind of meaning it, but I would say the kids mm -hmm. sort of kept us together because I don't want to do this anymore meant that I was going to be a single mom <laughs> of eight yeah. kids. And I didn't want to do that either. So, mm -hmm. but now like 11 years later, we're not in that space anymore. Like it does take time to work through that stuff and to become an us. And I think mm. so many families give up before they get to that sweet spot. And there are still difficulties, but it we have hit this sweet spot where we're not, you know, lashing out like that anymore or screaming or having these blow up fights about stupid stuff or, you know, mm. you get into your rhythm as a family. And then for the caregiver that I think is just feeling exhausted, it's, learning to be honest, you know, when people say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's fine. You're not fine. You know, and people aren't going to know that unless we start to speak our truth and say, 
I'm exhausted. If you come over and just sit with my kid for a couple hours so I could take a nap or I am not doing well. Um, I just think society's willing to help churches are willing to help, but they can't help unless we get honest. And it's up to us to start to speak honestly into these spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I love that. Yeah. I a hundred percent love it. Well, Jess, we're at the end of our podcast, and so we're on our final question, which is a question that we ask every single guest uh, on our podcast, which we love. Uh, Blended Kingdom Families is the name of our ministry. What is a blended kingdom family to you? I think it's walking in obedience to what the Lord calls you to do, whatever that looks like for your situation. Um, Ryan and I knew that we were called to get married and blend our families. And we knew it was going to be very, very difficult. And we've been called to numerous difficult things. But Mm. as we walk in obedience to the next thing that he calls us to do, there's always grace and there's always blessing Mm. beyond that. And I think um, that's what's worked for our family. Mm. I love it. I love that. That is so sweet. Well, Jess, can you tell our audience where they can find you, your social media website, the Lucas Project, all of those things so that they can go and follow you and get more information? Sure. Um, I'm at JessPlusTheMess.com and then the LucasProject.org. Um, our documentary is CaregiverDoc.com and that's going to be huge. <laughs> I'm going to keep plugging that because I truly believe that thing is going to change the world. Mm. Um, and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Just Plus the Mess and the Lucas Project. Awesome. awesome. Well, we, yes, I cannot wait to watch that documentary. I love you're putting just a little bit of like sneak peeks here and there. And I'm like, ah, I can't wait to watch mm-hmm. it. So yeah. that's exciting. And we just, um, we just want to celebrate you and just all the things that you guys are doing. I, I, again, I can't say enough, Jess. I think what you guys are doing is just Um, it's revolutionary and I think the world needs it. People need it. And so, um, we just honor you and bless you. And we just want to say thank you so much again for joining us today. It's been such an honor. Yeah, it has really been. And and again, we cannot tell you enough how much we wish success for you Mm -hmm. and your family and your ministries and the nonprofits. We're just excited for you. We're going to be your cheerleader. Uh, every single step of the way. Uh, So we're excited for what you're going to do. Well, thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining in today. Again, if you haven't already, please take an opportunity, like, share, comment. We will be back with you soon. Be blessed in all that you do today. Take care. Hey guys, so glad you were here with us today and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And you can find more resources from Blended Kingdom Families at blendedkingdomfamilies.com. Join us again next time as we hang out with more amazing podcast guests. And remember, nothing will be impossible with God.